When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Friday is here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery as we continue to roll through a Husker bye week. No idea what we're even going to talk about today as there's no game tomorrow and it's just, it, it feels, I feel empty inside, truthfully. It's uh, Elijah Herbal sitting in alongside Will Wilson and uh, also joined by you. Excited to get your thoughts on the show today. Give us a call 402-466-3776. That's 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. You don't want to uh, join the show over the air, though. You can always send us a tweet at Willie on the radio for the man sitting next to me. That's Will Wilson. And uh, at Herbal Essences for myself, Elijah Herbal. Send us a message. Give us a follow. Uh, tweet at us and we'll get your thoughts on the show today you can also uh, email your well wishes to chris chris at hailvarsity.com i doubt he'll be passing them along to me today as he is uh, still at home under the weather recovering uh, at the uh, at this very moment and will i see you in there uh, blowing your nose a little bit uh, you get something from chris do i have to be worried in here no i think i got <laughs> what you had last week considering we share the same microphone yeah that's yeah yeah, that thing's not easy to clean either. No. No, no. it's not. No. Because like, if you spray it with the Lysol, then you're just going to mess up all the electronics. And like, it's got like that little little foam cover on there, so it's not like you can just right. get the wet wipes. Like, Yeah, no. Anything you have, I have. Anything I have, you have. That's just how it goes in our lives. It's true. <laughs> it's they, we're like brothers. Well, I mean, we could honestly be like kissing in between shows, and it would not, it right, would let's, not change. Let's, <laughs> what are we talking about on the show today, Elijah? Well, uh, we're going to be joined here in about 15 minutes by Greg Smith, recruiting insider for Hale Varsities. We, uh, we haven't caught up with Greg in a while. It's time to get a recruiting recon hit as uh, Huskers with a couple decommits here in recent weeks. Uh, but as Coach Frost said, going to be hitting the recruiting trail this week for the bye week. So excited to get Greg's thoughts on what those decommitments and what could be coming next in this Husker recruiting cycle. We have the uh, pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. He's been with us a lot the past couple weeks. He was with us for the Michigan Saturday morning show as well as the reaction show. And then he went with Chris last week out to Minnesota. Thankfully, he's not sick as uh, Chris and him road tripped up, shared a hotel room, came on back. Bill Dolman avoided Getting sick. Chris, though, did. So uh, maybe Chris got it from Bill. You never know. But we'll be talking with Bill leading off hour two. And then the man, the myth, the legend. uh, He is imaginary. He wears red. Clausburn joining us for the Friday forecast here at 540. That's coming up next hour. So a lot to get into. But where I want to start this off is Thursday night football. Last night, my Broncos laid an egg. 
terrible game from my Denver Broncos. But that's not what I want to talk about. Well, I do want to talk about my Denver Broncos. I want to vent. I need a, th- a therapy Friday session here for my Denver Broncos. Okay, as fair it's, enough. As it's getting bad. But we also have uh, a former Husker to discuss, Johnny Stanton. Just excelling on Thursday night. Did you watch the game last Johnny night? Johnny Football. No, I actually did not watch the game. Uh, what, what, what was I doing last night? Um, what did I do last night? What was last night? Uh, last night was Thursday. Th- Thursday. Um, oh, that's right. I was calling the game last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I should have yeah. known that. I was in, I was in there uh, getting you all set up for Brighton. How'd the game go? It was good. Southwest got the win. Uh, Four-point win over Central. It was a good way to end the season. Uh, no, I did not watch any of the game, but I saw Twitter was just blowing up about Johnny Football. Yeah, it's because uh, Johnny Stanton... Uh, one of two former Husker fullbacks on that roster. They have Andy Janovich, their usual starter. Uh, he has been out hurt for the past couple of weeks, so who's been filling in? But Johnny Stanton the fourth, uh, former Husker quarterback. Uh, if you remember, he was a, a highly touted recruit out of California, came in, uh, never quite uh, made an impact as a Husker, ended up grad transferring to UNLV where he played quarterback and was kind of a do-it-all guy. He also played on uh, punt, uh, punt return, kickoff he, he like did it all as their uh, their backup kind of rotated in quarterback guy got his shot in the nfl and is now making it as a fullback with the cleveland browns one of the only teams in the nfl that still has a dedicated fullback position with how they like to run the football and it, it worked out well for him as uh stanton led the way i believe the browns rushed for over six yards per carry but more importantly uh johnny stanton with a touchdown reception how often do you see that? A fullback with a touchdown reception in the NFL. Uh, so it's good to see uh, former Husker out doing his thing in the NFL. And I believe with two fullbacks in the NFL, the Huskers have got to have more fullbacks than any other college team out there right now, right? Um, yes. I think you're right. And by the way, you're, you're wrong on one fact. Uh, Stanton, after leaving Nebraska, he actually went to Saddleback College. That's right. Which is in Viejo, uh, or sorry, in Mission Viejo, California. He was there for one season, and then he went to uh, UNLV. Yeah, I remember that. Now, I was always a big fan of Johnny Stanton because you remember him. Uh, he was always standing in the front of the uh, the red zone for basketball games with the big horse head on. Oh, jeez. If you remember, it, uh, Aaron Sorensen did a feature on that in Hale Varsity now years ago where uh, he was always showed up to like every single home Husker basketball game, just a big Husker basketball fan, and he'd always be wearing a horse head in the front row. So, like, didn't actually know it was him until Aaron Sorensen did that feature. I'm like, oh, that's Nebraska's backup quarterback just standing in the front row. Apparently, uh, on the skirts. apparently uh, he also had offers to go to Oregon, Washington, and Wisconsin after his uh, JUCO year. So uh, he was a pretty hot recruit coming out of JUCO. See, and uh, I've, he probably doesn't even remember this, but one time I was at, uh, I can't remember what the comic book store is downtown. Uh, do, you, do you know the name of the comic book store? Uh, no. It's on, it's on 10th Street. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I, I don't know the name. Uh, Trade a Tape Comic Center. No free shout outs, but. Uh, well, it is. <laughs> but uh, I, I went down there one time with my brother, and who do I see in the store? I'm like, probably. 13 years old at this point and there's johnny stanton in a comic book store i thought that was the coolest thing ever huh. yeah um, i wasn't even a big comic book kid but apparently he was he was down there but johnny stanton now making his name in the nfl uh, with his uh coming out party for the cleveland browns last night down in my denver broncos uh tell you what he's getting a lot of run too um yeah i've he's super active on twitter right now everyone's lighting up johnny stanton well who doesn't love like anyone who likes football loves when a fullback succeeds because yeah. honestly, if you're if you don't like the fullback position, you don't like football. It's true. I understand it's becoming like a a, a, 
uh, an obsolete position in most like offenses. But the fullback is just beautiful. When the Broncos had Andy Janovich and they were running sets with the fullback, the the Broncos running game looked exponentially better. I was super sad whenever we trade away Janovich to the Browns. And now you see how well the Browns uh, running game is doing week in, week out. They have got a great offensive line. They have a fullback leading the way. And they averaged six yards per carry last night. Janovich is, is just a man. He is a man. Honestly, top five favorite Huskers of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Andy Janovich. He, he did all of everything the right way. A Gretna kid, home state uh, kid, walk on, uh, went undrafted in the NFL, made his name playing special teams. And uh, remember that love, run? Love Jano. That run against Wisconsin. Oh, who, who could forget it? Who could forget John, or, uh, Andy Janovich's run against Wisconsin? What was like 45 yards out? Some media members say that was the loudest they've heard Memorial Stadium. I mean, I was there that day, and I, I it was pretty loud. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't there. I, I missed some of the uh, some of the loud football games. I missed the uh, the Miami game back in the day. Uh, that was what twenty sixteen. I missed that loud Miami game. Uh, UCLA back in the day. I missed that one. Uh, but I was there for Michigan this season. That was one of the louder I've heard Memorial Stadium. Northwestern, the uh, the Hail Mary. That was pro- that was probably the loudest I've ever heard Memorial Stadium. I, you know, as much as we want to talk about Johnny Stanton, I don't think us as Husker fans could can kind of take credit for him. He was here for three years, three right. seasons. But he didn't make his magic with us. He didn't really make his magic. He made his magic at Saddleback College. Also, but he, he come on, he didn't have a bad year at UNLV. No, UNLV is kind of where I think he realized, like, oh, like you can be a glue guy on a football team, just a guy who can kind of do it all, and, and they'll they'll find a spot for you. Like, that's that's how Amir Abdullah has made his, uh, his name in the NFL. He does kickoff, he does kick return, does punt return. He's now with uh, the Carolina Panthers after the Vikings released him. But Janovich doing the same thing, and that's that's a fine role to make in the NFL. Will Compton talked about that in his podcast, where he he said he didn't really realize until like he got to the NFL that you can make it being a guy who's just ready to play any day. Uh, you can come in and, and play defense, and guess what? If you're uh, if you're fine as a special teams guy, they'll find a place for you because that's that's valuable in an NFL roster. And I, I think that's a little bit what's lacking here at Nebraska is some guys don't take special teams seriously enough. Well, yeah, I mean. We don't, we don't know what the issue's been with special teams, but you could say it's been better. See, I, I could talk about the fullback position all day, but where I want to go here before we get to Greg Smith, who's coming up here a little less than 10 minutes, is Husker recruiting. As uh, Mitch Sherman put up a story in The Athletic today, uh, kind of doing a, a dive into this Husker recruiting class, who's in. Uh, after uh, the Huskers lost two commitments here in the past couple weeks from Valen Erickson and uh, Hayden Schwartz, who we talked to. Well, we talked about that on Wednesday. But they did pick up an in-state commitment from Gage Stinger. And it's, uh, it's a topic that's gotten a lot of press here, especially in the past week with nothing else to talk about. When you look at Nebraska's recruiting class coming up here for the 2022 cycle, last in the Big Ten uh, 76th nationally. That's according to 24-7, I believe. 76th nationally and last in the Big Ten with only eight commitments. However, not that many scholarships open for the Huskers. And uh, it's led to, I don't want to call it overreaction, but I think it's led to a lot of concern from Husker fans here. Whenever you look at this team, people think, oh, it's close. And then, oh, this next recruiting class coming in is 76th in the country. That's not up to snuff. What, what's just your, your your rapid reaction to that before we do a deep dive? It's not good. Uh, 76 last in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, the 76 is like, okay, but I mean, the last in the Big Ten, that's kind of uh, shocking. Now, maybe the coaches know what they're doing and they have a plan behind it or a strategy behind it. Um, but before I, or until I, I know what that is or until I see if it works, it's uh, kind of kind of uh, concerning, I'll, I'll say. 
Well, let, let's look at who's in for the Huskers this year. They have Gage Stinger, uh, a Millard South product. He's kind of been doing it all for the Patriots this season up in Omaha. He is a dual-threat quarterback, and uh, where the Huskers, I think, want him is that defensive spot. Uh, Jojo Doman, Isaac Gifford fill that role right now. You know, kind of the do-it-all guy on defense, the guy who can uh, come rush the passer, drop into the coverage, play the run. It's a tough position, tough shoes to fill with uh, Jojo Doman probably going to the draft this season. Right now, we, we're not quite sure who's going to be going to the draft for the Huskers from this team with only the two guys that technically have to go. That's Levi Falk and Samari Toure. Those are the two guys who are like, listed as this is their senior year of eligibility and, and they don't have any more left. They have to go. Uh, but those are the only two guys we really know for sure are going to be off this Husker roster next year. I don't. So, I don't. I do not understand that. Let me just think, and let me just confirm. So, Cam Taylor Britt can come back next season. Is that what you're saying? I believe he can. That is. Um, I thought he had. I thought this was his extra year, like this year. I. I mean, I'm. Well, right. the, the the COVID eligibility year, like screwed everything up because. That was your third season for the NFL. So for the NFL, you could have played your third season last year during COVID and gone to the NFL, even though it was technically only like your sophomore year or whatever. Like it was your third year for the NFL, but because of the eligibility freeze, you could have been a redshirt sophomore last season, gotten your eligibility freeze and come back as a redshirt sophomore this season and still have two years left, even though you could have gone to the NFL after last season. We, we can confirm all this with Greg coming yes, up. He'll have yes. the answers. Yeah, Greg, uh, Greg's our expert here. But yes. uh, after Gage Stinger, they have a couple more in-state kids. Uh, Jake Applegate, the uh, talented two-way guy from uh, Southeast playing. He plays tight end, plus also like a outside receiver type. He kind of fluctuates between the two. And outside backer, he's coming in as an athlete. I don't think the Husker coaches even know where they want to put him especially with Gage Stinger coming in. Like the, the position that makes the most sense for Applegate is that JoJo Doman, Isaac Gifford role. But maybe if you already have a, a guy in Gage Stinger who can play that role well, then you can test out Jake on the uh, the offensive side of the ball. If you remember last season, uh, he's the guy who went up and in, uh, mossed. In uh, I can't remember what team it was, but he went up and uh, brought the ball down. So he's very talented as a pass catcher. Not sure if that'd be the tight end position where the Huskers have a lot of talent already or if they go to the wide receiver position. Uh, but Jake Applegate's another talented guy. They've got Grant Page out of Colorado. We talked about him whenever he committed. Uh, he's uh, got some speed and some height. Six foot three, 190 pounds. He has over 2,000 uh, receiving yards at the high school level over the past two seasons. Uh, he comes into a room that is ripe for uh, for getting some playing time. Whenever you look at how many guys they've been rotating in and out over the past couple seasons, feels like this Husker coaching staff likes. Uh, rotating the receivers like they rotate the defensive line always keep a fresh guy in there always have someone in there that can go up against a tired cornerback and you have ashton hayes the running back out of nevada uh we talked about him at length whenever he committed his huskers don't have many much talent from nevada but he's a speedster five foot eleven hundred eighty pounds kind of fits that wandale robinson type role uh, i'm not sure if he's going to be a exclusively running back or if they kind of want to put him into that duck r position here in the husker offense which hasn't been used as much since Juan Dale has left. Maybe they're looking for a guy to come in and fill that role. You got Ashton Hayes, and then you have the quarterback, Richard Torres, who is now down with a knee injury uh, this football season, so it's unsure if he's going to be ready to go come fall uh, with, I mean, a, a potential quarterback battle coming up at Nebraska, depending on what Adrian Martinez wants to do. When you have Smothers, Harburg. Uh, if Adrian's gone, maybe you bring in a transfer quarterback. You have Richard Torres coming in, uh, but it's going to be tough for him to, to compete for playing time next season coming off a knee injury. By the way, that kind of solves our, our question there. Cam Taylor, Britt, and Adrian got to campus the same year, didn't they? That was Frost's first year, yes. Yeah, so if Adrian can come back, so can Cam. So that, that answers it. 
Uh, and then we also have Chase Androff, tight end. We talked to his coach whenever he committed back in June. Uh, he definitely fits that Austin Allen, Travis Vokalek role, six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds. That's what also makes the uh, the Jake Applegate uh, situation a little bit more cloudy. Whenever you already have a dedicated tight end coming in, uh, he is really known to be a, 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 a an eliminating blocker from his high school coach. Whenever we talked to him, you got Victor Jones Jr., the wide receiver from down in Florida, and then Ernest Houseman from Columbus, and that rounds out all the commits from this Husker. Uh, recruiting cycle if you're keeping track every single commit here for the huskers a three-star not a single four-star recruit for the huskers in this recruiting class and that kind of explains why the huskers are sitting so low in the recruiting cycle but i'm excited to sit down with greg smith here coming up in about three minutes so we're gonna get greg's take on this recruiting class who else the huskers are still going after Who's potential? Maybe who could be uh, on the watch for uh, for a decommitment? Where the Huskers want some instant help? That's what Scott Frost talked about on Wednesday, needing some instant help from transfers and JUCO guys. That's coming up after the break. Again, Greg Smith. A little bit later, we'll have Bill Dolman and the Friday forecast with Claus. All coming up. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Friday edition, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal alongside Will Wilson as we're filling in for Chris Schmidt, who's feeling a little under the weather this week. He should be back at it on Monday afternoon. Uh, but for now, Will Wilson and I taking you through this Friday by week edition as uh, talking a lot of recruiting here in this first hour. We'd call it the recruiting hour, but I fear that might be trademarked already. Anyway, uh, let's get to it. The man with his pulse. Uh, with his finger on the pulse of Husker recruiting, it's Hale Varsity recruiting insider Greg Smith. You can find him on Twitter at Greg Smith HV. And, and Greg, do you have any any Smith family remedies for the bye week blues? Uh, go on a quick trip. Um, uh, enjoy your favorite adult beverage. Maybe get a chance to watch other teams play. Um, those are kind of always uh, the go-tos uh, around the Smith house. You, you taking a, a quick trip this weekend, or, or is it all work for you? Uh, no, we're going to go uh, tomorrow morning very early uh, after I recover from the high school game tonight, uh, go out to uh, Kansas City and have some barbecue. That'll be good. That'll be good. Uh, enjoy that. Uh, I'll be out uh, in uh, western Iowa doing a little camping, so that's how I'm going to be beating nice. the bye week blues, enjoying some adult beverages, getting out into nature. Uh, nothing better mm-hmm. than that. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that, right? That, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, uh, Greg, uh, without further ado, let's get to a little bit of Husker recruiting. As uh, It's been a while since we've done a full recruiting recon segment with you, but I think with some of the news coming out this week, uh, it warrants a, another recruiting recon segment. Uh, and the big news this week has been uh, the recent decommitments in this Husker class of 2022, which is already a, a little bit weak whenever you look at the rest of the Big Ten. They're sitting in last in the Big Ten recruiting rankings right now, 76 sixth nationally now the Huskers losing Valen Erickson and Hayden Schwartz uh just rapid reaction was this expected uh from the Husker coaching staff that these guys might be leaving the boat or or is it a little bit unexpected on your end 
Oh, I think from the Nebraska coaches' point of view, both were probably a little bit expected um, because what they both actually have a thing in common, which was both of them, I think, wanted to continue to take um, other trips and maybe go out and see other schools, um, even though they were committed to Nebraska. And sometimes that uh, backfires on a kid, and sometimes got coaches say, "Hey, go ahead and do it." Um, I, I think that in, with the most recent case with Schwartz, um, I don't think Nebraska loved that. Also. Um, you have to understand like it, it, whether or not Nebraska thinks that they need someone that will be ready to play uh, right away, as Scott Frost kind of alluded to um, in his press conference the other day. I think that there are a number of factors there, but I think from Nebraska's point of view, neither of those are really all that unexpected given how those guys were kind of you know, keeping those lines of communication open with other schools. We're talking to Greg Smith with Hale Varsity. Greg, uh, you know, I'm just I'm I'm trying to figure out why Nebraska is you know last in the Big Ten, and I, I'm I'm curious: is it more of other schools having a different strategy, or is it schools just being in a different situation than Nebraska? Oh, I think it's I think it's schools being in a different situation than Nebraska. Like I think that Nebraska does just fine identifying the kids um, that everybody would want in a, in a recruiting class. I think the the when the rubber meets the road, it's really about landing those kids. And I think Nebraska has a tough pitch right now. Like if we're just honest, like I think that the recruiting rankings finally kind of match what we've seen on the field, which was bound to happen, especially once you get into year four of a coaching staff. Because when you're in year one, even in year two, um, you can still kind of sell, hey, the vision, we need to get our guys in here, you're one of our guys, but now we're a couple of times actually into Nebraska kind of flipping a roster and really having big wholesale changes, so when that pitch goes out the window, recruits really want to see, are you guys going to be the ones to get me to the NFL, and are you going to be the ones to help me win on Saturdays, Um, and those questions are looking real shaky right now. Greg, when you look at this current recruiting class, we, we ran through it uh, to lead off our one to eight commitments, and there's eight of them, as I said, and none of them are rated higher uh, than a three star by uh, any of the recruiting services. So w- when you look at that, is that cause for concern here? Are the Huskers trying to leave their options open uh, for things like the, the transfer portal and not really knowing how many seniors they're going to be getting back next season? Um, it is cause for concern, um, but, but two things are, are, are true here at the same time. One, it, it is true that it is cause for concern because even if um, you're Scott Frost and the, the situation this year is that the class is just going to be small, that's fine. Um, but there's a big difference between having a class full of like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State type recruits and what Nebraska currently has listed. Um, and you never know. Like some of this stuff after the COVID year, like guys can be uh, misrated or guys and get bumps and all of that. But just going on based off of what you have now, I think that it is safe, uh, fair to say uh, that you can be a little concerned. But at the same time, I do think it's, it was always part of the strategy. And we've talked here for, it feels like, weeks about this for Nebraska to go into the transfer portal and try to address some concerns there um, and JUCO as well. As Scott Frost has publicly said it this week. Um, but that was always part of the plan just because they were going to need to do that to balance the roster as well because the roster is just so young. We're talking to Greg Smith. So, Greg, I mean, if Nebraska is going to start diving into that portal, I guess we've kind of seen it the past few years. I mean, how would you rate this staff in getting uh, good prospects out of the portal? Yeah, I would actually say they're they're pretty good or better than I think people realize when you first think about it. Because you said that, hey, they've been pretty good at that, but they've actually been very good at doing it and very willing to do it. Mm. Um, if you go back and look, 
Um, Nebraska, I think, has a starter or a contributor at every position that transferred here, right? Like, so it's not like they've been shy to do it. Um, junior college has kind of, you know, ebbed and flowed um, over the Frost era. They took, I think, five in the 2020 class, but they didn't take any in the 2021 class. So they're definitely not shy about doing that either. I think they have done a good job of being able to show kids in the portal, hey, you might have an opportunity here and for whatever reason, um, whether it's the kids are a little older and so they're a little more mature and they, they might be looking for different things. Um, they've done a nice job of getting players from the portal. It's whether or not those guys are those types of impact players or they're just contributors or if they end up being bust when they get on the team. Talking with Hale Varsity recruiting insider Greg Smith here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find Greg on Twitter at Greg Smith HV. It's where you get the recruiting lowdown. And, and Greg, talking about the the portal, uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with, with JUCO guys. And we saw Nebraska extend two offers to some JUCO guys this week, both of them defensive linemen from uh, Kansas. And, and it didn't seem to me, whenever I look at this year's roster, that that defensive line is a place where Nebraska needs an instant upgrade. That's what Scott Frost was talking about on Wednesday. So tell me a little bit about those guys, why Nebraska uh, wants some JUCO guys in the defensive line, and where else do you think the Huskers need some instant impact guys this recruiting cycle? Yeah, the two guys you're talking about are two guys from Independence Community College out in Kansas that Tony Tuioti was out to see um, earlier this week. Uh, Jeffrey Mba, um, he's I think six five, three ten or three oh five. Um, he was really blown up here over the last month. He's got offers from coast to coast. Uh, the secret is kind of out for him, and he's uh, had a really interesting background of football, but an athletic defensive lineman. The other guy, his teammate Asi Lange, um, who's about the same size as he is, will probably project more of a, as a defensive tackle. Um, he was a one-time Maryland commit and it has now kind of reopened things. Um, and we talk about the reason why Nebraska, I think, is looking at defensive linemen right now is you never know who's going to be back. Defensive line is not a need right now, but, you, but what happens if, say, Damian Daniels decides to declare for the NFL draft, which is very, you know, real possibility considering, you know, he's played in the year, the program for multiple seasons. He's had a good season this year. He already has his uh, regular degree and is going for his under or for his uh, master's degree, so you never know about that type of situation. I think Nebraska needs to protect against that. As far as other positions, and I wrote about this at HaleVarsity.com this week. Go check it out on the site. Is that? Every position is essentially <laughs> open for business, right? Like, you don't want to say it that way, but that's basically how the situation in Nebraska finds itself in. Anytime that you're having, you know, a not-so-great season, it could be anywhere. Um, but the big question, and I think we're going to have to answer it, I think the biggest question outside of Scott Frost's um, job status is, is can they convince Adrian Martinez to come back for a fifth season next year because needing a quarterback and not needing one uh, is a big deal. We're talking to Greg Smith. Uh, Greg, it's no question that in the past few years, uh, SEC had has had the tightest grip on recruiting in the South. It, you know, is there any way for other conferences to kind of get that back in your eyes? How do you fix that? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I, it's hard, and, and really, the reason, the biggest reason is because that's where the people are. Like you think about where all of the migration happened in the country. So many people moved south, um, and they stayed down there. It's nice weather, um, and in a lot of cases, cheaper living, right? 
until you stay down there and you have your kids, and then that's how it ends up going. Plus, there's just so many like all athletic, offensive, and defensive linemen down there. Um, they seem like they pop up everywhere, and they just want to stay down there and play in the SEC, and in some cases, the ACC, depending on the school. Um, the way to get around that is basically the way to get around anything. You just have to have the right coach. Um, you still need to be in generally in your own like rec- like fertile recruiting ground so like usc is always kind of the outlier just because of california they're not in the south obviously but they can recruit well and then like schools like notre dame ohio state obviously is really the exception to the rule um but all of those schools that i've mentioned have the same thing in common they're winning and they have uh good coaches outside of usc who's obviously looking for a coach Greg, you mentioned Adrian Martinez uh, a few minutes back, and now we're talking kids out of the South. So I think you know where I'm going to go with this next one. A kid from Texas, Husker Legacy, uh, Dylan Riola. He picked up an offer from Alabama today, and this isn't all that unexpected. He's got five-star potential. Uh, so when you're looking at Dylan Riola, the Huskers were in early, uh, but now it seems like his recruitment's going to start picking up. Uh, do you think the Huskers even stand a chance? So it was a good transition. Um, That that was good. I see what you did there. Um, I think the Huskers have a chance. The big problem is, and this is always the problem when you're going up against, you know, these programs like, you know, Georgia, Alabama, and some of the others that are going to come in on him. I think Texas and USC also offered him um, not too long ago is that if you're not showing direction of your program to a kid like that, especially as a, like a five-star quarterback, it gets really difficult because those guys just make decisions really early generally, right? They want to get into a class. They want to help peer recruit. Um, they also don't want their recruitments to go on so long because it can really become a circus when you're a quarterback at that level. Um, so you need to really demonstrate if you're in Nebraska that things can turn around and they can get it in the uh, right direction, even with you know his dad's name being in the stadium. Greg, last thought here, about 30 seconds. Any high school kids uh, to watch in terms of uh, commitment watch coming up here in the last couple weeks of the season before that early signing period in December? Uh, no, which is kind of the, the tough thing. Um, there's a defensive back to a little Martin out of Chicago that'll be here for the Purdue game. I guess that's the one um, that I would keep an eye on, but he's also being pursued by some other Big Ten schools. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see because I think the guys that end up, the rest of the guys that end up in this class have likely not visited Nebraska yet, so we'll have a lot of action here down the stretch. There he is, recruiting insider for Hale Varsity Magazine. You can find him on Twitter at GregSmithHV. Greg, enjoy your bye week and go get some uh, some ribs down in Kansas City for me, all right? I definitely will do that. Enjoy the great outdoors. Yeah, you as well. There he is, Greg Smith. Uh, we'll get some more recruiting thoughts coming up after the break as Bruce Feldman had an in-depth look at recruiting across the nation. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Just heard the numbers where you can get connected with us, 402 466 3776-402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Give us a call. Give us your thoughts. 
Uh, we are happy to take your calls. Will's in there feeding, fielding calls uh, furiously. Those are the same numbers you can use uh, to win yourself some Joe Rogan tickets coming up here at the end of hour one. That's about 15 minutes away here on Hale Varsity Radio. Your chance, our last pair of Joe Rogan tickets a week from tonight at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Joe Rogan's awesome. I'm, I'm not a, 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 as big of a fan of his stand-up. I love him on uh, on his podcast. I love him on uh, on. Uh, UFC commentary his stand-up is I don't want to say it's never quite done it for me because stand-up comedy is just great like unless it's like terrible stand-up comedy even then like, I can find some humor in it um, but uh, but Joe Rogan coming up next Friday I'll be in attendance I'm looking forward to that uh, that's coming up next Friday here at Pinnacle Bank Arena our final pair of tickets uh, being given away here in about 15 minutes. I, I think he was he was definitely a comedian before the podcast thing uh, and I'm with you his his his, uh, his stand-up is okay um, I, I, I'm a fan of him in a really old TV show called uh, News Radio. Uh, he was in that show, and uh, he was young at the time. That's funny. Back when he had still had hair? He, he was young, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Joe Rogan's coming to Lincoln on Friday. We have your chance at tickets coming up here in about 15 minutes. Before we get there, Will, we were talking during the break about Grand Theft Auto, not the crime, the video game. Quickly, what, what was the news coming out about that? Uh, apparently, they're coming out with like a trilogy of uh, uh, three of the former games revamped so you can play them on next-gen consoles. And I've yet to hop on and get a, uh, a PS5 yet. It's it's It'll be coming shortly for me with all like the... Uh, the supply chain shortages and all that, and just how backed up PlayStation Five is. I just haven't ha- haven't had the chance to go uh, go out and get myself one. Do you have a PS Five? No, I don't. I don't want to be broke. That's, that's what that is. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm still happy with my PlayStation Four, but uh, Grand Theft Auto is one of the classics, and I'm I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. You're big, right, big Grand Theft Auto guy. Yeah, me too. See, and I, I thought Five was a little bit overrated. No, I thought it was fine. It was it was gold when it came out. Oh, like I played that game religiously for like a good couple of months when it first came out, and then uh, I don't know the online kind of just it, it faded on me. <laughs> See, you know, there's probably about half the audience at home that's like getting what we're saying here. And there's half the audience at home that has no idea what the hell we're talking about. So we should switch over to something that maybe yeah, we, we probably shouldn't. Uh, what were you gonna say? That our audience does know about, and that's recruiting in, in college football. Uh, this is an interesting article you brought up to me. Yeah, and I, I called this uh, the recruiting hour. Hopefully, that is not trademarked uh, by any competitors here in Lincoln. Uh, We'll not mention them, but uh, this is our version of the recruiting hour, as uh, Will and I have been doing a lot of recruiting talk here. We talked with Greg Smith uh, last segment. You can find that podcast on the ESPN Lincoln website, as uh, we'll have that posted, and you can get your recruiting lowdown from Greg Smith. But Bruce Feldman, uh, he put an article up this morning, and he's been doing a couple of these different deep dives, talking uh, anonymously with uh, players. Uh, parents recruiting staffers and uh, releasing articles basically finding out what he has uh, has found out about the recruiting cycle kind of the things people won't tell you on the book the things they'll tell you if, uh, if they're allowed to be kept anonymous anonymous <laughs> and uh, the, the big topic that I want to get into from this story uh, was a question that he posed to these anonymous assistant coaches who got recruiting uh, and he said how do you think that realignment will impact the recruiting landscape yeah the first quote in this thing is just like it's gold it draws you in uh, it's from a, a Pac-12 assistant coach who said, unfortunately, it just turned the F and SEC into the Premier League. You can make this alliance, you can do whatever you want, but if you're an SEC school, it doesn't matter. Because I was at an unnamed mid-tier SEC program, and I never said that program's name in a recruiting pitch. All I said was SEC, SEC, SEC. 
Unbelievable. But it makes sense. He said Missouri would be Kansas or Kansas State or Texas Tech right now if they weren't in the SEC. But they're in the SEC, so they get the edge on that because they can just go in and say SEC. <laughs> I, I don't know whether to be mad or, or annoyed. I don't know. I mean, part of me wants to be like, congrats, SEC, for like building an empire. I mean, what, are we going to be mad for uh, kids wanting to go play in a conference? I mean, no, but are we going to be mad at all these schools ganging, you know, ganging up on everyone and just pretty much having a monopoly on the recruiting field? And, and where I think this is really going to be uh, a big problem for teams around the country is Texas. When we were talking about that with Greg Smith, with uh, with the kid Dylan Riola, uh, prob- probably a future five-star quarterback, if not a very high four-star quarterback. And whenever you're a Texas kid now, now all the in-state schools, aside from the ones you don't want to go to, Baylor and Texas Tech, uh, are SEC. So if you're a high-caliber kid down in SEC, your options are you can go to Texas, you can go to Texas A&M, you know the rest of the SEC is going to be in Texas because now, uh, guess what? We're going to be playing a game in Texas every single year, and your family can come watch you out here. SEC is going to be king down in Texas. Texas used to be like the lifeblood of the Big 12. That's how Nebraska sustained exactly. itself under Bo Pelini. But now Texas is going to be the recruiting hotbed for the SEC, and well, guess what? They already have Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. I mean, you could already argue that maybe uh, the SEC has already been you know, digging their way down into Texas. They, they've, been, they've been diving into, into Texas more and more recently. Uh, it still feels like Texas is a, a little bit more up for grabs at the moment in time. Like, Nebraska can go down to Texas and get a kid, uh, a la Latrell Neville. Uh, they, they can go down there and, and pick up commitments. But it's now going to be the guys who are looked over by the SEC schools. It's, 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 the, it's the dirty leftovers from, oh, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Texas, uh, Texas A&M. Even Oklahoma is going to be diving down into Texas. So to me, what you're saying is right now, as Texas is in the Big 12, um, you're saying they're screwed because SEC is, is going to dive into Texas. But now, like, what do you do? How do you fix that? Well, then well, you join the SEC. Well, one of the interesting aspects here is now you can't have Alabama and LSU and everyone else coming into uh, Texas and saying, you want to play in the SEC, you got to come to us. Because now you can go with the in-state school, not just Texas A&M. You can go with Texas, the big name, the big draw in Texas, and still play in the SEC. Uh, so w- will it possibly give more parity to the SEC? Who knows? I mean, you, you assume that the addition of Texas and Oklahoma will already add more parity to the SEC. Uh, but it's just, it, it, to me, it means that Texas is going to be all but off limits except from a, a select few schools outside the SEC. I'm talking Ohio State can probably go to Texas if they want to, even though that's not really their recruiting hotbed. Uh, Clemson likes Texas occasionally. Uh, the the Pac-12 has been pretty much off limits for most of those schools anyway. Uh, but now it's going to be, what? Yeah. Uh, a team that has Notre Dame maybe could go down to Texas, but it's only going to be those schools that are year in, year out in college football playoff contention to be able to go and fight these SEC schools. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what a Pac-12 coach said. Uh, he said it's almost like the SEC has to sell, we are the Premier League. We're the place to be right now. For the Pac-12, we have to try to create some momentum like we're playing on the big stage just like they are every week. Um, it seems like coaches are you know, kind of getting annoyed with it. And, and Fox's deal with the Big Ten is, I think, boosted the Big Ten now it's it's SEC is still king of college football in this country I'm not going to sugarcoat it but the, the Big Ten's getting there big noon kickoff has been a pretty good draw uh, you still have some big name brands in Michigan Penn State Ohio State I'll even throw Nebraska on the list uh, Wisconsin and I have been doing well the, the Big Ten is competitive as hell right now and they, they're going and, and giving SEC schools a fight 
So uh, we'll see if the Big Ten's able to go down to Texas anymore. But that's going to be a, a big loss, especially for, uh, I mean, we, we saw what Nebraska what happened to Nebraska whenever Texas became off limits when we moved to the Big Ten. So we'll see what it does for the rest of the country. Before we get out of here, Facebook message in from Vic. Uh, Vic in Denver, he's been messaging me a lot this week. I always appreciate that. Uh, he said, not a GTA guy, but PGA Tour 2K21 is free for PlayStation Plus members. Love me some PGA Tour. Whoa. Love me some PGA Tour. We'll wrap up Hour 1 and get you your, some Joe Rogan tickets coming up after the break on Hail Varsity Radio. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Rolling through a Friday here. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal alongside Will Wilson filling in for Chris Schmidt today. Should be back at you on Monday afternoon. Tomorrow, we have the Saturday morning edition of Hail Varsity Radio. I'm going to be out on a camping trip, as I said. So we'll have Connor Clark taking you through a best of this football season as we're going to go through some of our favorite interviews of this season. Uh, so don't be alarmed for uh, if you're a local listener, if you'd like to catch that Saturday morning show in its podcast form, uh, don't be alarmed if you're listening. Oh, I, I, this sounds familiar. I, I think I know this. You probably do. Uh, we're going to be going through our best of interviews from this football season. I think I might even uh, dive back into a YouTube Tuesday, uh, which we hit during COVID. As those were a lot of fun. We get some uh, some stories from some of the uh, the great Husker players. Uh, if you have any suggestions, feel free uh, to send me a message on Twitter. Uh, follow me, tweet at me. Some of your favorite interviews, if you want to hear them again, at Herbal Essences is where you find me on Twitter. And uh, and will. I'm going to be going camping this weekend. Do you have any big bi-week plans? Uh, just uh, working downtown at the bar. Uh, you mentioned those YouTube Tuesdays. Those were great. I remember listening to those. I, I even feel like we should we should bring those back. I mean, we had a, a ton of great YouTube Tuesdays from the 80s, the 70s, the 90s. We even had some, some more modern ones. We had Amir Abdullah come on and discuss uh, that Miami game. Uh, that everybody remembers, which well, was apparently a raucous environment. Well, let's not forget why you guys were doing that. I mean, we were right smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. There was no sports, nothing. I mean, <laughs> so terrible. We were going back on YouTube to rewatch games, and it's just see, I, I can be frustrated with the results of this Nebraska season, but I think that year of COVID put everything in perspective. Whenever we like uh, it was that night where the uh, the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City game got canceled right before tip off. Oh yeah, and then it was within. 12 hours the entire NBA season was canceled and then every other pro sport started following suit like oh my it's funny how 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 quickly things change you know thinking back to the to the your initial reaction when you found out somebody had covid it's that's reaction has totally changed you know you should be like oh my god are they going to be okay are they going to live and now i mean maybe it's also my my uh, my youth talking here cuz there, there obviously is still the the deadly results of covid but now it kind of feels more a little bit more like somebody got the flu yeah, right. I mean, it's just the reactions are, are different. Um, yeah, but I remember those YouTube Tuesdays. Definitely. YouTube Tuesdays were a, a good time, and hopefully we can bring some of those back here in the next year. It's, uh, it was so great to go sit down. Wow. We played on Tuesday, our YouTube Tuesday, sit down with Trev Alberts discussing that 1993 UCLA game. That was one of the best ones, and it's really cool now to be like, wow, we talked to the, the athletic director of Nebraska about his time playing against uh, UCLA. It's, it's pretty cool to, to be able to have that to play back for, uh, for you listeners at home. If you have any suggestions, any of those uh, YouTube Tuesdays that you want to hear again, again, 
You can find me, follow me, message me on Twitter at Herbal Essences. I'm still mad you guys didn't do a YouTube Tuesday for that 2009 Missouri game. You should have got Zach Lee on to talk about that one. Hey, we, we still have time. We can still do more YouTube Tuesdays coming up here as uh, we got basketball season just around the corner. Also have baseball season coming up as uh, some high hopes for Husker basketball as well as Husker baseball. Will Bolt in year two, kind of year three, more like year two. Uh, looking to, to take the Huskers back to the mountaintop of the Big Ten, back into the NCAA tournament, take that next step in the Husker baseball program. So we got a lot of great content coming up, even after Husker football season. But before we get there, still, excuse me, four Husker football games to get through and a chance at a bowl game. But right now we have a chance for you to win a pair of Joe Rogan tickets. Our last pair we're giving away this week as uh, we're going to go with caller number, let's go eight. Caller number eight will win our final pair of Joe Rogan tickets. You hear him on the Joe Rogan experience. You hear him commentating UFC. We already have callers coming in as uh, caller number eight will get the final pair of Joe Rogan tickets next Friday at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Bill Dolman's coming up after the break here on Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. It's hour two. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson taking you through a Friday as Chris is uh, sick today and will hopefully be back on Monday assuming he gets some rest and relaxation and recovery this weekend, which is what we're hoping from the Huskers as well. Gave away our last pair of Joe Rogan tickets at the end of last hour. Will, who was our winner again? Uh, we got Ryan. Ryan was our winner yes. for our last pair of Joe Rogan tickets. So, Ryan, go down, enjoy the show. Enjoy Joe Rogan. Thanks for listening to ESPN Lincoln Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, before we get to Bill Dolman here, uh, I just saw this on Twitter. A high V in Plattsmouth, Nebraska has just set the Guinness World Record for largest ice cream sandwich. Weighed in at... Uh, over a ton, 2,960 pounds, 30 feet long, 4 feet wide, and almost a foot tall. Took 30 employees 5 hours to get this done. My, my only question is is why? And uh, It's one of those things that's just so weird. Almost reminds me of uh, Olympic race walking. And our man on the scene for Olympic race walking is Bill Dolman, who we're excited to welcome in now. And, and Bill... Uh, no, no cough going this week, right? I know you had that road trip with Chris last weekend. Well, I'm still upright, and uh, I'm still available to talk to you, but now I'm wondering um, how can somebody get a piece of that ice cream sandwich? Uh, I mean, that, to me, is the big question. And in an off week, uh, what better thing to do in Nebraska than to head over to Plattsmouth and try to uh, chow into that thing? Well, I mean, the good thing is the entire town probably gets dessert, right? <laughs> what, what? Well, you know, look. What possesses you to go? Hey, let's make a really big ice cream sandwich. Then to think, then to just keep going. And then, well, let's just go set a record. Then who's going to eat it? Why was I not invited? Um, <laughs> you don't want that thing to go to waste. I mean, it, it does sound like it's kind of a probably going to be some type of community thing this weekend. 
Well, uh, let's see. They, they they built it in a freezer truck. Uh, that way they can keep the temperature down. They can keep the ice cream melted. And uh, it's being divided up for the Food Bank of Lincoln as well as Food for the Heartland. So a good cause in the end for the world's largest ice cream sandwich. But like my question is like, at what point do you like dive into the, the rule book and go, now this is the one we can beat. World's largest ice cream sandwich. We can't get world's largest burger. That's out of the question. World's largest steak. We can't do that. But world's largest ice cream sandwich. Like Where do you even go find this stuff? Well, I think you probably go find something that's not in there and figure out. Well, we're going to just you know make a make a new chapter here. I'm surprised it only took five hours. Is that what you said? Took a, took five 30, 30 to employees five hours. Uh, so like it looks to me like wow. they they put the base layer down and then they just started like turning over gallons of ice cream onto the top and kind of like flattening uh, it out and, and they, so they it put wasn't the thing crafted. It, it wasn't crafted. It was it was put together. They got the cert- certificate. And now everybody's going to get a chance to enjoy it. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, Good I, job. I don't think that should take away from the, the the accomplishment of the world's largest ice cream sandwich. Yeah, but I'm I'm picturing you know like some you know Swiss artisan, you know crafting <laughs> something, you know with the perfect uh, French vanilla, artesian French vanilla, and some type of you know uh, Swiss chocolate or something. But look, they, they slapped it together. They got in the book. And a lot of people are going to be happy about it. Biggest thing to come out of Plattsmith since Danny Lockett. Yeah. I was going to say Dave McFarland. Nope. Okay. There you are. Very good. Yeah, oh, that, I, that, that predates everybody. Dave McFarland was like the first. That probably wasn't the first, but he was a seven footer. What back in the seventies, maybe? I think he might even played in Nebraska. Or I think it was North Dakota, something like that. But anyway. Yeah, these names are going over my head. Maybe I'm showing my age here, but. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. I am not following. Um, you were stumped the other day when we dropped something about cassettes. I think it was or thirty three, forty five, yeah, and yeah, seventy eight. No. See, I, and I, I have a record player, and you said like uh, I can't remember. The Huskers need to need to pick it up like they're going from a thirty three to a forty five, or maybe it's the other way around, something like that. And yeah. um, I was convinced. I I understand records. I, I have a record player at home. I have, I have a I have a small to medium sized vinyl collection, but I don't even think they make thirty threes anymore. So after some some Google searching and, and talking with some of the older people here in the building, I got it figured out. That you got you got to speed up the record player whenever you move to that that bigger sized record, so it doesn't sound all goofy. I get that now, but I don't even think they make thirty threes anymore. Sure they do. That's because they become they come back into style. And one of my my favorite guys of all time is is uh, works with us in the Olympics in uh, at NBC. He's also Andrew Catalan's researcher for his uh, NFL work on Sundays on CBS. Uh, and he owns a uh, record shop in Philadelphia, Dirty Dog Records, which is one of the premier vinyl record shops in, uh, in the country. And so he and I talk a little vinyl. So, yeah, it's a big deal. Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stump the kids' day. I, I, I like vinyls. They're, they're coming back into like who want, like you don't want a CD anymore. You want to have that full LP so you can like show it off to your friends, show it off on your your Instagram or whatever. Like you know exactly. But Bill, exactly. But we, we've gone way too deep into the into the weeds here. So let's get back to some Husker football. We haven't talked to you. I guess we, we had you on the reaction show on Saturday after that Minnesota game. But we haven't talked to you since then. So Huskers now into their bye week. And as you've had a week to gi- digest this result against Minnesota, uh, it's pretty clear the Huskers um as Chris put it were uh, were 
we're taking a day off before their vacation where you come in on that last day of work before you're going to vacation you kind of half-ass it like we've all been there and the Huskers had that day on Saturday as you've had a week to digest it what are you thinking about that result now and what now lies ahead for the Huskers just replay what I said on Saturday afternoon my, my thoughts really have not changed all that much I it, you know I've said going into that into that game and even into the Michigan game Nebraska was you know, one bad quarter against Oklahoma, uh, one bad play, well, maybe a couple bad plays against Illinois, the Adrian fumble and the uh, the Cam Taylor Britt safety in the in the season opener. But the, but the fumble was the killer. The, the bad quarter against Oklahoma, the bad punt against Michigan State, Nebraska's basically a quarter and two plays away from being unbeaten. You go to the Michigan game and great ball game, great effort. You can be, ple- you know, satisfied with the effort and okay in the setback because everything looked good. And you can point to that fumble again, I guess, if you want to say one more play in the Michigan game um, when we thought Adrian was stopped. But this was, you know, one really bad half of disinterested football, um, and and that was that was tough to see in the first half. The game started for Minnesota exactly the way it needed to start for Nebraska. Needed a great, long, sustained drive. Points, great. If no points, at least you, you know you prove something offensively and set the tone. Defensively, they needed a three and out. Minnesota did that. Nebraska did not. But yet, in the second half, they came back, and 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 I don't know if they made adjustments or had an attitude adjustment, and had a chance to win. And I. It's it's still inexplicable inexplicable to me how you don't quarterback sneak on third in the yard or whatever it was on fourth and an inch. Um, that 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 to me is the game changer right there. Um, and you know probably maybe a season changer. I, I don't I just don't understand. And I'm and I'm you know I'm sure that that's been dissected and, and asked over and over and over in Lincoln this week, but. And I, Kelly Stoffer and I talked about it after the game. You know, you, you are an inch away, and you snap the ball back, and that, and you give the defense, you know, an extra half second to surge into your line. And by by snapping it back, if you have a direct center snap, that you take away that half second. All you got to do is just touch the the ball, touch the line. Uh, and, uh, that to me is the most inexplicable thing I've seen, maybe since the wayward punter running around from Illinois running around Memorial Stadium last year. Bill, d- despite the fact that Nebraska is losing to, to good teams in a one-score game, and people are saying, well, you can see this Husker football team is close, but when it's the same problems year after year, when it's special teams, a bad play call at the wrong time, a bad penalty at the wrong time, and turnovers, can you really say this Husker football team is all that close when it's the same problems that are still yet to be fixed? Look, I th- I think that football team is better. I-, I think it's better than it has been the last three years. And you know, two weeks ago, people are saying you, you don't want to play Nebraska, and I agree with that. That they-, they do so many things so well. They do, uh, you know, they they do have some offensive uh, weapons. They do some things that are imaginative offensively. I think that defense plays with a purpose and with a passion and. Many of those guys, if not all, are worthy of wearing the black shirts, especially that second half. That defense played well enough, well enough to win. So this is not 
Scott's first team, Scott's second, or Scott's third team. This is a pretty good football team, actually. But they just make some atrocious mistakes at the absolute wrong time. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that they're not ready to turn the corner or that maybe they even have turned the corner just a little bit. It's such a cliche thing to say. But they've got to get out of their own way and just play and not overthink it. And, and snapping the ball back to a quarterback five yards behind the goal line uh, is overthinking it. That, that's overthinking the game of football right there. Just snap it, get it into his hands, and jump or surge or put you know Daniels behind him and push him into the end zone. Nebraska, you, you can get it in, you think. Now, a couple things. Schmitty and I talked about it. We noticed it when it happened that, that the official not being on the goal line on third down was a problem. And then it looked like Ramir Johnson, you know, got targeted. That's another problem right there, okay? But still, Nebraska should have overcome that and just snuck it in from one inch. But, I, I, you know, I, this is a better football team than the last three years. We're talking to Bill Dolman. Bill, uh, there's this article out uh, Elijah showed me on The Athletic talking about Nebraska's 2022 class. Of course, uh, found out that we're last in the Big Ten, um, I believe 79th nationally. Your general reaction to that? I mean, we also heard that Frost is going to be reaching out to the transfer portal. Um, you know, what does that kind of tell you? If there's anybody who could give uh, – I can't say that. If anybody cares less than I do about recruiting rankings, I'm not sure who that could possibly be. <laughs> and I've said that for 25, 35, almost all of my 55 years. I, I just don't think that that's is, – is it cool to say that we got a whole bunch of five stars, four stars, three stars? I guess it is. Do they always pan out? No. You know, because I go back in time, and there are those guys that Nebraska had that nobody wanted, and they were some cast-offs. And they turned out to be, you know, all Americans. They turned out to be NFL draft picks. They turned out to play in the NFL a long time. They just turned out to be great college football players, right? Uh, but you did, you sure you got your Turner Gills that everybody wanted Oklahoma. You got your Tommy Frazier that everybody who wanted a running quarterback, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Nebraska. We got a Tommy Frazier. So, yeah, you got to have, you know, guys that are going to that that are going to bring a lot of potential, right? But once they get there, you just you just never know, uh, and and college football is littered with that. So to, to say Nebraska's recruiting class at this point is 79th in the country, oh okay. By whose estimation, Max Empinger, Tom Lemming, are they still at it? I don't know, but you know they'll get the guys who want to be here and they'll coach them up the best they can. Maybe it won't be the same coaches around. Maybe there'll be some changes there, and things will be different. I don't know, but recruiting rankings really don't mean a whole heck of a lot to me. Bill Dolman's with us. But I, don't, I do not doubt that Scott will be looking at the uh, waiver wire. I mean the transfer portal, which is one <laughs> of the worst things that's ever happened to college football. And I'm sure that they're probably looking down south a couple of states, if you know what I mean. 
Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, to get back to this Husker football season, the Huskers now face a tough, I mean, uphill four games in order to get back to 500 and get back to a, a, a bowl game. And a lot of Husker fans don't think they can do it. It will be a, a tough to go 3-1 and one against those four teams with three of them in the top 25 as it stands right now. So, so Bill, what do you think it means to you if the Huskers for another year fail to get to 500 and fail to get to a bowl game? It's disappointing. There's just no way to, you know, there's just no way to look around that. Um, I, I think we've seen improvement. I think we've seen excitement. I think we've, we've seen at times what Nebraska football can be under Scott Frost. Um, you know, it, it's a missed season. There's no question about it. They, they, had the, they had the games that they had the opportunities to win, and they didn't get it done. Um, if they give the same kind of effort four games in a row like they gave against uh, Michigan or even the second half against Minnesota, minus a couple of uh, you know bad plays, the Michigan performance is the kind of performance that is going to win you a lot of football games. Can you Now the question is, can you do it week in and week out? They've proven or they've shown, like I said, they've proven, they've shown they can't do that. But that's a pretty good – that was a really good football t- team – uh, performance that night against Michigan. And so uh, who's to say they can't do that the last four games of the year? And I think it's, you know, what we all hope for. But if they don't get it done, they don't get it done, and it'll be disappointing. And we turn the page to next year. And you, you can't make a change at the, at the top. I do think that there will probably be some changes on the staff. I don't know what they'll be, but I'm guessing that that's probably something that, you know, every coach has to look at at the end of every season. Even if you have a great year, there's, you're going to have turnover. Um but maybe it's time for Scott to say, you know what, for us to go, for this state to go. He talks about it being for the state and for the kids. Well, it might be a time to make some of those changes for the state and for the young men who play there. Uh, I appreciate his loyalty to his assistant coaches, but I'm guessing that's something that's going to be looked at in the offseason. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Bill, I'm looking up at the clock. We're already out of time, uh, but uh, appreciate you joining us here on a Friday and look forward to talking to you next Friday. Uh, no, I appreciate you guys uh, reminding me that uh, I should get my vinyl out, and I think I'm going to go find the first vinyl record that I ever bought, that being Kiss Destroyer. Who is that by? At the age of about 10. Kiss, kiss, like the album Kiss? Like is it by Kiss called Destroyer? Oh my Destroyer? God, you guys are... <laughs> Good grief. Good grief. So, yeah, uh, that, that's what I think I'm going to do now. Bill, enjoy that. Have a good one. All right, bye. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. That's how you get connected with us here on Hail Varsity Radio, 402-466-3776. Uh, it's 402-466-ESPN or one 800 825 Five eight six five. We still got about thirty minutes left here in this bye week Friday edition. As uh, Huskers off this week, and uh, just just been one of those uh, one of those weeks where after that the performance last week against Minnesota, it's been a it's been a tough bye week to stomach. It's been uh, tough around Husker media and uh, and around just Husker Nation. Has uh, some some tough realities about this Husker football team. 
how close are they actually uh, has been the topic. We just got into that with Bill Dolman here to lead off the first hour. Also had Greg Smith talking some recruiting back in hour one. Again, you can catch those interviews in the podcast version. ESPNLincoln.com should be up shortly after the show if Will's not already have uh, has has not already put them up already. I look at him in there. He's got the face of a man who has not already put those up on ESPNLincoln.com. So we will have those up for you shortly following the show. Still have the Friday forecast upcoming here with Clausburn, and that is about 15 minutes away here on uh, Hale Varsity Radio. Excited to get caught up with the imaginary man in red, as uh, even though we don't have a Husker game to preview this weekend, still some good college football games. Not great, uh, but still some good games, and uh, if you're a betting man, there's always action that can be going down on a college football Saturday, so we're going to get our predictions locked in here in about 15 minutes as a part of the Friday forecast, but before we get to that, Will, uh, do want to uh, discuss briefly, uh, we, we talked in uh, hour one with Greg about the, the Husker players that could be going to the draft. He mentioned uh, Damian Daniels. We, we don't really know who is going to be ending their career as a Husker. Adrian's also another big question mark. Cam Taylor, Britt, uh, even JoJo Doman. There's a lot of guys we're not quite sure who's going to be headed to the draft, who's going to be coming back for a, another year. So I think it's time for a roster deep dive. Okay. All right. I like it. So I uh, got the Husker roster pulled up here. And as we said back in our one, the only seniors that we know are going to be forced to hit the road this year. No matter what happens, they've exhausted their eligibility. That's Samari Toure and uh, Levi Falk, the only two. However, you, you, you can't think, after, especially after how this season has gone for Nebraska, there's going to be some other guys going, okay, you know what, Nebraska, appreciate it, had a good time, but I'm going to go try my luck in the NFL or in pro football. Uh, I guess Ben Staley, also a senior, right? Um, well, I mean, according to The Athletic, there's only two people that have to leave. So Ben Stilley could technically come back, according to that. And, and we do know that Will Honus, uh, he is also technically a senior, but he uh, is in line for a medical hardship uh, waiver for this season. And it uh, sounds like he's going to try to make his way back for another year if, if he can get his health right before next football season. And uh, with the play of the inside linebackers this season already, uh, you got to think that that's really only like a cherry on top. Like Nick Henrich and uh, Will, excuse me, Nick Henrich and uh why am I? Luke Reimer have been doing uh, a great job in that inside linebacker spot, and you, you got to expect that they're going to be uh, the next guys, uh, or I guess coming back next season, the guys in line for the starting job. Do we have a caller on the line here, Will? Uh, no, the phone disconnected. Might have, might have cut him off on accident. I don't know. Call back if you're trying to call yeah, back. Yeah, if, if you're trying to call um, in, again, the number is to get in 402 466 3776. We'd love to hear from you here on a Friday. But let's just start this thing off uh, with the defensive back room. As uh, we have Cam Taylor Britt, technically a junior, has another year of eligibility. We've got, I mean, is there a single senior in that room technically? I, I, I thought, I was under the impression that Deontay Williams and Markel Dismuke were going to be on the road this season. See, I was too. And that's why this is all kind of confusing to me. Um, but the, 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 the COVID year has really just messed everything up. And uh, let's, let's go find that safety spot. Deontay Williams and Markel Dismuke, both seniors. So I, I think they're also going to be on the way out this season. So, so. Why, why is the Athletics saying what, you know, because you and I are both tripping up on what uh, the Athletics said. Here's what they said. They said this year the Huskers roster includes just two seniors who are known to count toward the 85-player scholarship limit, wide receivers Toure and Levi Falk. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. 
I'm yeah. confused because because there are definitely guys that are going to be have to be hitting the road. None in that cornerback room technically, but I, I think we got to expect that Cam Taylor Britt is is going to be on the road after this season, right? Yes, and uh, several other players on the defense. Um, I, I'd even think Austin Allen on the offensive side. Um, probably go pro, um, but nonetheless, you know, there's obviously a short gap for uh, scholarships and, and getting new players in to develop. So, with that being said, you know, there are some with there are some guys on the team kind of holding things up. It, will, will you say? Yeah. Well, let's just go through who are what are the positions where uh, it hurts a little bit less. If someone decides to go test their luck in the NFL, I mean, to me, the, the number one that stands out to me is if Cam Taylor Britt goes off to the to the NFL. There's guys ready behind. I know Braxton Clark dealt with uh, an injury this season, but uh, he was expected to be back next season. He's a guy who can come in and, and fill the role. I and mean, we've seen what a guy in Quentin Newsom, who the Husker coaching staff has been high on for a while, what he could come in and do. So I don't think you'd be disappointed by a, a guy in Cam Taylor Britt going off to the draft, going and testing his luck, because there are just so many guys waiting in the wings, ready to go. I think of Tyreek Johnson, the high-level transfer out of Ohio State. We got Chris on the line. Chris, is this, this is not Chris Schmidt, is it? No. <laughs> no, it's not. So we have Chris on the line with us here on Hale Varsity. Chris, thanks for calling in, buddy. Uh, go ahead. Hey, great show. Oh, I think they must have been talking about the offense. On defense, there's a boatload. Yeah, yeah, um, that's what Philly, I'm thinking, too. Dolman, the two safeties. Um, Britt's probably going to go. Um, maybe Daniels. You know, they've got a lot to replace. And the kicker, Colt, which people will probably say, who cares, but we ain't got nobody behind him, so it is kind of a big deal. See, I'm, think, um, I'm thinking that what the athletic means by that is because those guys were on scholarship last, they don't technically count towards the scholarship limit this season because they're just getting an extra year. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what the NCAA okay. guidelines say, is that those guys, while they're on scholarship, don't count towards the 85 scholarship limit. I think that's what Mitch Sherman must be trying to say there. That could be, yeah, because I know on defense there's at least four uh, strongly contributing seniors. Uh, um, you know, on all three levels have them, I think two safeties. And uh, um, so the defense is going to take a step back at least for a while next year. Uh, are, are, uh, so are that you offense worried? better get a lot better real quick and I'll, learn how to score some points. Chris, I'll put this question to you. Are you worried about the guys they have waiting in the wings behind these guys like JoJo Dome and Ben Stilley, the, the two safeties, came to the Are you worried about what those guys can bring, or do you have, have well, trust in the I depth mean, of this Husker defense? To, to be fair, Nebraska's defense this year is good. It's like a top 30, maybe a top 25 defense. It's not a you – know, they don't have a pass rusher – you know, they're not a dominating defense. Um, I, you know, I, and so for them to take a step back, lose it, you know, cause, I mean, those guys are starters because they're better than the guys behind them. And I do think uh, we've got some quality guys behind them, but, you know, maybe it's six games, eight games, or maybe a full year before they fully catch up, you know. So, I mean, I, I think – we'd be naive to think that we're going to have a top 25 defense, uh, especially right off the bat next year. And so then everybody says, if you know, at Adrian without him, we wouldn't even be competing this year. Well, holy cow, that is a very sad statement. Um, and I think there's a lot more that goes into being a quarterback than the flashy stuff we see Adrian do. I think he's very subpar in a lot of areas that don't show up in the stats. Um, and, uh, I think we need to find a quarterback that can actually score points um, because we don't have one. And next year we're probably going to need to score more points. 
Chris, I'll, I'll pose the question to you. Uh, last question here before I let you go. Do you think that you, you want Adrian back next season leading this Husker offense, or do you want to see what a guy like Logan Smothers can do, or do you want to see this Husker coaching staff like go to the transfer portal? Um, I mean, I I think it's a train wreck if we have, you know, Adrian back. But I'm, there's got to be somebody better than him. And that's all. I mean, I don't, he doesn't – I don't think he – he makes good decisions after the snap. He doesn't like to use the middle of the field for anybody other than, than Austin Allen, and then he forgets about the fact that we have a six foot nine tight end in the red zone. Um, you know, he's very loose with the football as far as fumbling. Um, and uh, I, I, I think he's improved on, on making big plays downfield this year. Um, but I just think there's a lot of a lot of ways that maybe Logan Smothers is possibly better than him. Who knows? Uh, we've gotten very little opportunity to find it, but there's there's a lot of things that a quarterback does pre-snap and even uh, figuring things out after the snap. And I, I think Adrian is subpar in a lot of a lot of those areas. Um, and but we do see the flash he plays. But you know, between in the red zone, he's you know a really bad quarterback, and we've seen that for four years. So you know, can we find a quarterback that can actually score points? Would be a nice thing. Chris, appreciate the call today. Have a good one. Thanks. And what Chris is saying there, I don't have any disagreement. Adrian Martinez has been lacking in the red zone. He's been lacking in the last six minutes of the game. However, you look across the, the, the wider landscape of college football, I think Adrian Martinez is a better quarterback, at least for three and a half quarters, uh, than you see in most of the Big Ten, most of the Big 12, most of the SEC, most of the Pac-12. He's been a guy who's been here, he's done it all, he's seen it all, and I, I do have faith that Adrian, uh, while he may not be the guy who's going to win you a game, we, they, there's a, a great quote from, uh, I think it was Joe Buck on Thursday Night Football last night saying uh, about Case Keenum, he's not going to be a guy who goes out and wins you a football game, uh, but he's not going to be the guy that loses you a football game either, and, and that's how I feel about Adrian Martinez right now, where he is a passable quarterback for this Nebraska offense, and he's a, a, above average in terms of the, the grand scheme of Big Ten quarterbacks, it's just he, he can't go out and put the game on his shoulders and expect him to go out and solely get a, a win for this Husker football team. I, I agree with that, and, and the way I see it, four years under one program, uh, you know, I think we've seen what we're going to get, and I know that's kind of tough to say because you know we have seen him injured in the past. Uh, we've seen him with some pretty bad old lines, and it, I know that seems kind of unfair to say, but it, it's been four years, and I think we're, we've seen what we're going to get with Adrian, and, and what we've seen to me. Um, it's, it's not going to put us um, farther than where we are right now. So in terms of guys kind of holding things up, I would actually maybe uh, say Adrian. You know, um, it, Will he come back? I don't know. Are, are we going to sit here and say he should or shouldn't? No. Um, but I, I think it might be time to look at, at, at another uh, person. On, on the flip side of things, look at the development of Adrian from last year to this year. Where, uh, I mean, the, the Husker offense, there's better pieces around Adrian for sure, but Adrian made market improvements in this offseason in terms of his ability to carry the football and even his ability to deliver the ball accurately, I'd say. Adrian was a guy where fans were calling for him to be benched last season. I don't think, I shouldn't say I don't think anyone is, but I think most Husker fans out there see that Adrian Martinez is the best quarterback on this roster and gives Nebraska the best chance to win. However, whenever you put the game on his shoulders right at the end of fourth quarter overtime, uh, he's not good enough to be that guy who's going to get you a win. And that's the simple fact of the matter. Uh, if Nebraska is looking to the transfer portal, uh, I'm not sure what kind of options they'll have to be an upgrade on Adrian. We'll get to the Friday forecast after the break. It's Hale Varsity Radio.
And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Friday forecast coming up here in just a second on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson filling in for Chris Schmidt on this Friday. We'll have uh, Connor Clark taking you through a best of version of the Saturday morning show tomorrow morning here for our local listeners on ESPN Lincoln. If you're listening across the state, that will be available in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, the Hale Varsity YouTube page, all great places uh, to get that podcast or ESPNLincoln.com. It's another great place where you can stay up to date with Hale Varsity Radio. And, and well, before we get to the Friday forecast here, uh, I want to ask your opinion. Do, do you think it seems a uh, little bit extreme uh how much people i I don't want to say celebrate halloween because i I love halloween as much as the next guy but it it feels a little bit crazy it feels like halloween now is it's 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 a whole month the entire month is now spooktober it is it is kind of weird it is uh there's some people that go nuts for it that is that just go all out i mean we all know that one uh, crazy lady that just uh loves halloween and i mean good for her uh you know what's funny over in ireland they treat halloween like our 4th of July. I mean, they shoot off fireworks. They get days off for Halloween. It's pretty bizarre how Ireland celebrates Halloween. Yeah, and and, uh, I saw here on Twitter uh, a high school football team. Speaking of high school football, we do have some high school football uh, coming your way tonight here on ESPN Lincoln, as we'll have uh, Connor Clark, uh, as for our local listeners, I should say. Connor Clark will be out at Seacrest Field tonight. Uh, taking you through Lincoln Southeast, hosting Elkhorn South in the final game of the year. And then our, on our sister station, 1240 KFOR, we'll have Waverly out at Norris. Flip it, though. Yeah, so, yeah you are correct. You yeah. are correct. It's going to be uh, Motsi here on ESPN Lincoln uh, with Waverly and Norris. That should be a fun battle. As those are two of the top teams in Class B. And then we have Elkhorn South coming to Lincoln Southeast on our sister station at 1240 KFR. That's what's coming your way in high school football action tonight. But I saw a high school football team down in the South. I can't remember which state it was. I don't have the tweet pulled up. But they painted Michael Myers, like the face, uh, as their uh, – or was it – no, excuse me. It was uh, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. Okay. They, they painted him – on the 50-yard line of their field for their game tonight. Huh. It was just like the, the, the hockey goalie face mask right in the 50-yard line. I'm just one of those things where I go like, that's strange, is it not? Scare the opponents. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a fun touch. Well, without further ado, let's get to the Friday forecast here. Let's get that music rolling. As no Huskers this weekend, but no problem with the Friday forecast. No Claws today as uh, Claws... In a meeting, I didn't know that uh, imaginary uh, red-wearing football predictors had meetings, but he informed me that he is stuck in a meeting this afternoon. Uh, So it's going to be Will and I taking you through the Friday forecast, and I want to start this off. Uh, In the Big Ten, not too much excitement in terms of top-level teams matching up in college football, but we should still have some good college football regardless, as there is good college football every Saturday. And where I'm going to start it off is in uh, Purdue, as we have Wisconsin heading to Purdue, taking on the Boilermakers in Wisconsin, a a 3.5-point road favorite. Will, we'll start with you. What do you like in this game? Who do you got? Uh, what's the spread there? Do you have three and a half points for Wisconsin? Three and a half for Wisconsin. So yes. Purdue's favorite in this. No, one. no, no. It was Wisconsin's oh. favorite. Oh yeah, give me Purdue. Uh, I'm sorry, give me Wisconsin. Yeah, I like Wisconsin in this one. I think uh, 
Purdue's coming to this one feeling good. They're feeling hot after that big win. Um, we've been there before, and it's they're not going to be happy on Saturday. Yeah, and it's not like uh, – wait, give me a score. Give me a score. Come on. Oh, boy. Uh, let's go – they, Wisconsin's kind of been scoring uh, low this season, so I'll go 21 to 14, Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on this one. Purdue is in the top 25, and that's not really deserved in my opinion. Yeah, they went to uh, to Iowa City and took down the Hawkeyes, uh, but Purdue is good for uh, beating one really good team every single year. It feels like uh, they did against Ohio State a couple of years ago. They did against Iowa last week. It's just what Purdue does, and and from the eye test, what I've seen from Purdue, uh, it was a close game against Illinois, close game against Minnesota. I don't think they're a top 25 caliber team, just as I don't think Illinois and just as I don't think Minnesota are top 25 teams. Uh, Wisconsin, though, in their own right, not a top 25 either. I think the three and a half point spread seems about right. So I'm going to take Wisconsin at 20, Purdue 17. Purdue covers just barely in a low scoring affair. Wow. Okay, next game we got here is Northwestern at Michigan. And uh, I just want to stick with Big Ten. I really don't think this one's going to be a, a close game necessarily, but it'd be interesting to see if Michigan can cover that spread against Northwestern. Michigan is a 23.5-point home favorite. Will, what do you think? Ooh, wow. Um, that is a big number against a Northwestern team, which we I mean, we covered that against Northwestern, so this makes me think Wisconsin should have no issue with that. The only thing I'm curious of is looking at who Michigan has next week. Uh, they head to Michigan State. Big matchup, tough game. Uh, might be one that they're looking ahead to. So, mm, Northwestern, they're 500, trying to get a winning record. I'll take with, uh, Northwestern to cover, not to win, but they cover that big number. See, and the way I see this is it's Michigan. They had a uh, an emotional performance against Nebraska here in Lincoln, and uh, then they went into a bye week. The question is, can they keep that juice going for a, a team that really isn't all that good this season with Michigan State looming next week? I am with you here, Will. I think Michigan wins. I think Michigan wins by about 21, but I don't think they actually end up covering that spread. So I'm going to take uh, Michigan 35 and Northwestern 14, a 21-point win for Michigan, but Northwestern covers. All right. Next game we got here is USC and Notre Dame as uh, we're headed out uh, or headed up, I should say, uh, to touchdown Jesus in South Bend, where uh, Notre Dame is a seven point favorite over the Trojans. Will, what do you think here? What is is Notre Dame still ranked? Uh, I think they're on the periphery and maybe not. Maybe not. I couldn't tell you. You said it's 10. Uh, It is a seven point favorite, seven. uh, seven point spread for Notre Dame here. Oh, boy. Uh, I like Notre Dame winning more than seven. I think it's going to be high scoring. I'll go 35 to 30. 30. 35 to 30? Notre Dame. Well, uh, I have checked here, and I apologize for not knowing my stuff. I, I don't like watching Notre Dame football. They are uh, currently 13th in the AP poll, which is surprisingly high to me. Yeah, I, that's why I was wondering that. They, I saw that a few weeks ago. I didn't think they were still ranked. I mean, they just do not seem like 13th and best in the nation. Yeah, so uh, Notre Dame, a seven-point favorite here. I actually like what USC's been doing since Clay Helton got uh, removed as head coach. Uh, I think this USC team goes to Notre Dame and shocks the Irish Give me USC 24, Notre Dame 21, USC a win 
outright win uh, against the favorites of Notre Dame. Before we get out of here, last game we'll get predicted is UCLA and Oregon. we got the Ducks heading down to LA, taking on the Bruins. UCLA is a one-point favorite in this one, which is a bit surprising considering the year Oregon's had. Uh, Will? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And UCLA's having a decent year, too. Um, I'll take Oregon to win the game. I hate giving scores. I'll say 27 to 21. And I got Oregon going to UCLA and winning as well. I don't think it's all that close. UCLA, they've looked better this season than they have in previous seasons. But this Oregon team, as we heard from uh, Brad Edwards on Wednesday, I think they could be a team that is... uh, uh, pushing for a college football playoff berth if they can run the table. I think they know that as a one-loss team. They have a quality win over Ohio State, uh, who is also a very good team in their own right this year. I think Oregon goes down and takes care of business. 35-21, to the Ducks get a win and cover over UCLA. That'll do it for the Friday forecast. When we return, we're going to wrap up a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Friday here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's been a good show today, as we heard from Greg Smith. The first, like, fully, like, dedicated recruiting recon segment we've had in a while where it was not even any Husker football talk just going straight to the recruiting Greg Smith was back in hour one that was at 425 if you missed that one it's up or it's going to be up here on ESPNLincoln.com shortly we also had Bill Dolman the pride of Fairbury himself joining us to lead off hour two as we got some thoughts uh, from uh, his trip to Minnesota as well as what's coming up for the Huskers and uh, we also got to the Friday forecast Minus Claus today, which was a little bit unfortunate, but we're looking forward to having Claus back in next Friday as uh, we're going to be getting you geared up all next week for Nebraska, Purdue, in an important four-game stretch for the Huskers looking to get to 500 and a bowl game this season. And Well, I, I posed the question to Bill, and I'll, I'll pose the same question to you. What does it mean to you if Nebraska has another season failing to get to 500? I mean, it's just it's disappointing. Um, it, you kind of get more scared as that happens, scared because what do we do? Um, I know I, I think Frost will be back no matter what next year, so uh, that's you know solves all that talk. But I don't know. It's just like okay, I, I guess maybe I thought it was going to take longer, but you know it's year four. I thought we were maybe going to be at a bowl game at year four. I mean, is that is it too much of a loss? I mean, obviously, it's the it's the fact of being 500 and saying we could make it to a bowl game. But is a, a six and six team going to the Music City Bowl and playing Rice or playing I, I don't even know who is that? I, I don't want to say is that that big a loss. It's obviously disappointing. However, in the grand scheme of things, is is there a huge difference between going and playing some terrible bowl game against some lower level opponents as opposed to just not playing that at all and kind of getting a, a kickstart on recruiting, getting a kickstart on, on getting your off season underway. I mean, a bowl game is a bowl game, so I think that's a win. Uh, making a bowl game is clear progress. Um, so I, I, I would any bowl game I would have been fine to meet. But uh, hey, there's still time. I, I don't. I'm not necessarily sure if a five win team does make it to a bowl. Okay, so because um, I know that happens sometimes, but I don't see it happening. 
before we get out of here on this Friday, I got to remind you that there are over... 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver. Driving drunk, buzzed, or high is never acceptable, and law enforcement officers are working day and night to stop it before any more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink, and if you do drink, make sure you designate a sober driver or get a ride share, because a DUI costs more than you think. A message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. Again, we have more programming coming up for our local listeners here on ESPN Lincoln with Waverly and Norris here on uh, ESPN 1480 101.5 FM over on our sister station at 1240 KFOR. We're going to have Elkhorn South in town taking on Lincoln Southeast. And if you're listening across the state and you go, well... Turns out uh, I actually uh, would enjoy listening to those games on uh, my Friday night. You can always stream those games, ESPNLincoln.com for that Waverly and Norris game, KFORnow.com for Elkhorn South and Lincoln Southeast as it's uh, the man Connor Clark over on KFOR tonight and Jeff Motes here on ESPN Lincoln. That's what's coming up here tomorrow morning, the Saturday morning edition, a best of. Connor Clark's going to be taking you through that. So we're going to be rewinding some of the best segments in uh, this Husker football season, some of the best interviews as uh, that should be good tomorrow morning. I'm off to go camping shortly after high school football tonight, and I will talk to you on Monday where Schmitty will hopefully be back. It's Hale Varsity Radio.